Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and whoa, 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 welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Saturday, June 13th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and if you feel so inclined, please, please, please hit me up on there with any questions you might have, as well as the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's right, guys. Really cool stuff. And let me tell you, today's episode is a goodie. We're doing some MLB kind of draft recap, talking about the Padres picks with Taylor Blake Ward of Locked On Angels. It's a super fun podcast, and it's only part one. That's how fun it was. We kept talking for a long enough time that I split it up into two podcasts. That's right, folks. It's it's just a whole lot of fun. And I have to admit, talking about the draft, not exactly something I expected to be as riveting and super fun as it uh, turned out to be. So uh, without further ado, guys, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Let's get right all into it. Woo-hoo, here we go. <laughs> all right. Seriously, though, enjoy the pod. All right, everyone. I am being joined by a very special guest, one that you wouldn't. I guess initially assume would be on a Padres podcast because, you know, they're not in our division. They're not in the NL West, but they are in California, I guess. That is the Angels. I am being joined by the host of Locked On Angels, Mr. Taylor Blake Ward. How are you doing, sir? I like the in California, I guess, part of that. That was really good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, You know, I I grew up watching the Padres. I love the Padres. I was, I mean, I love the Angels and the Dodgers, but for some reason, the Padres just really drew me in. So I'm I'm really excited to be on Lockdown Padres. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. It's funny because my last few guests have been people that are not at all related to uh, the Padres division. So I just wanted to like clarify for the audience and the listeners out there who might be a little confused. Um, It's funny because you said you grew up watching the Padres. I absolutely did not. Uh, Only up until like maybe three or four years ago did I start following them more when uh, one of my friends in high school that transferred from California basically came here and told me about the team. And I'm like, you know, I've been kind of looking for an out these days from the Yankees, just a little bit. Uh, so that's really how I got to where I am today. It's, it's really exciting. Um, Someone asked me like a month ago who my fi- one of my favorite players was growing up, and I said Khalil Green. And they're like, who? <laughs> and it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, really getting really getting into it for whatever reason. I loved Khalil Green. So, yeah, I actually yeah. I really do like the Padres. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is definitely a deep cut. That 2005 team, you know, the – the 240 average, 300 on base, and that everyone says he was going to be, he was a great defensive player and all that stuff. Yeah, it's definitely, um, that's that's a fun pick, actually. Um, so, Taylor, one of the big reasons I had you on, well, I'd love to just talk baseball in general and just talk angels, honestly, in general. Um, the big thing is that you cover the MLB draft and you know things about the MLB draft. I do not know many things about the MLB draft. And the MLB draft just happened this week. And the Padres made picks. And some say they've made good picks. So I just wanted to talk about those things, really. So with the eighth pick, you guys uh, you guys did like a whole mock draft special, right? And you predicted slash wrote down that Robert Hassel was who you thought they were going to take um, with the eighth pick. And the Padres did take Robert Hassel with the eighth pick. So what can you tell us about this player and how and just how good you think that the pick was overall? 
Yeah, the Padres had been connected to Robert Hassel for some time. And with Zach Veen on the board, one of the top, uh, I mean, a lot of people would argue the top prep player in the nation, Zach Veen, was available. It was going to be kind of between the two of them, very much a Padres pick. But Robert Hassel, I think most people would say he's the best pure hitter of the high schoolers in this class has a, a very it's going to need some development to get a little bit more tapping into the power but it's going to be a high contact bat very advanced uh, patience at the plate uh, you're going to see you know I think overall you're looking at a guy that's going to be hitting around 270 280 with a 350 plus on base percentage and you're hoping for a 450 plus slugging percentage and that's an above average hitter in the league um, also has a chance to stay in center field very talented player. There's a reason why he went at eight and, you know, he had a lot of suitors behind him. Uh, the Rockies were very interested in him at nine, the mm-hmm. angels at 10, uh, the reds at 12. It, I don't think he would have fallen very far if the Padres hadn't have taken him here at eight. And just the connection was there. And uh, this is definitely someone that the Padres feel that their development staff, which is among the best in baseball can kind of get into that power a little bit. Maybe you see 20 home runs out of him in the long run. Um, you know, Petco plays a little different. So it may be, a little mm-hmm. harder to get into that 2025 home run category, but just, just definitely an offensive first player. But the fact that he could maybe stick in center field is a big bonus as well. Yeah. 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 The, 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 just them picking an outfielder as somebody who doesn't really know much about the draft. It's definitely like the concern of the team right now. I mean, they traded Manuel Margot basically to, to get some bullpen depth and there's not really too many known quantities that they have coming up. I know that they've got a reason. And some of these other guys in the on the team, but there's not too many outfielders. So I guess that that was really what I was expecting for them to do. And they did do that. And hopefully he isn't like a hassle in a bad way. Oh God, that was terrible. <laughs> clever. <laughs> clever. <laughs> clever. Um, what do you think? Like, do you think there are any other players they should have taken at that at that pick? Zach Veen was the name that I mentioned. He was the top prep player in the nation. And the reason why Zach Veen is just the the talent is there. You know, he he drew unfair comparisons to guys like Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger, which is just unfair to put on a 17, 18 year old kid. But the fact that that's the kind of caliber player he's being compared to is very high end. And that's not from Harold Reynolds, who probably says he's the next Barry Bonds. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Harold like Reynolds hate. There it is. There it no, is. I like Harold. He's a good guy, but sometimes <laughs> it's a little much. Um, no, I know what you mean. But outside of, uh, outside of Robert Hassel, you know, yeah, there's talent that goes around, but the Padres have everything. I know you noted outfielders, but they do have Taylor Trammell, C.J. Abrams is an infielder now and, and could be an outfielder in the future. You got uh, Terso Ornelas. You got uh, Jason Rosario. You, there's a lot of outfielders that have promise, but this is just a guy that's going to be a high-end outfielder. With and, and when you take high schoolers, there's a lot of variance usually. With both Veen and Hassel, there's not a lot of variance. There's a lot of faith that these are going to be guys that become the players they're expected to be. Um, so I think that, yeah, maybe Zach Veen could have been an option. I think there's a lot of Padres fans that felt that way. I I, uh, I used to work with bu- my buddies who covered the Padres minors, uh, Matt Fryers and David Jay and people like that, and they were kind of calling for Zach Veen. But I don't think that there's much of a loss, or I don't think uh, you're going to see a lot of people upset about Robert Hassel going to the Padres at eight. And for sure, like when it comes to drafting, uh, just to kind of a note on what you were saying before with the the comparisons to to um. What's damn name? Brewers player. I'm blanking Christian right now. Yelich. Yeah, Christian Yelich. There we go. Uh, like, one of my favorite things in all draft things is when they get analysts out here being like, 
he has a similar swing and they pick like the best player in the league. Like this happens in the NBA all the time where it's like, Oh, he shoots a lot of threes, Steph Curry, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. And um, well, it like always it. creates these standards. Yeah. I saw yeah. one for Mike Trapp the other day too, where they were like the launch angle and exit velocity, you know, who that stacks up to Mike Trout, you know, <laughs> just yeah. gets people, you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I, I don't ever get excited about those things when I'm watching drafts. And if my team, selects a player in that position what i do get excited about though is probably the when people start saying things like like with the chargers for example not to you know whatever i'm doing cross sports right now like when derwin james was drafted by a team and some people were like that might be the best overall player in the draft that excites me those type of comments are what excites me and i feel like there were some other interesting picks that the padres had based on just you know kind of the the very tertiary, very outer understanding that I have of the draft and what happens. Um, one of the other picks that you guys went through was the 34th pick that the Padres had. You had in the mock draft special JT Ginn, and they went with Justin Lange. What do you think of that pick? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it a steal? What, what, what did you think? Just lay it down on me. There was another attachment, and I think that just we had moved Justin Lang around a few times, uh, and that was the range that he was going to go in. One of those prep arms that really rose over the the fall and winter a little bit more just because we didn't have a spring, but what he showed in the spring was very good. Upper 90s fastball, usually sits mid-90s, but he has been up to 100. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I got a cough that I just can't shake. I've been on like five shows <laughs> over the last week, and I just cannot shake this cough. So if I cough, my apologies. But uh, also has a really good breaking ball. Uh, the changeup needs work, but that's to be expected for a high school mm-hmm. arm. Um, pretty athletic guy, very good size. He's 6'4". Nice. And uh, sorry, there, there, there's the cough. 6'4", um, <laughs> very physical body, and uh, just one of those guys that – a high projection arm and we use that term projection because that's exactly what it is you're projecting that he has a chance to be a very talented starter uh with a chance of being a reliever with those two very good pitches um so yeah i mean this is a guy i liked he was rising up boards and uh that comp round there was a lot of suitors baltimore was rumored to be interested in him uh kansas city was rumored to be interested in him san diego was interested obviously the interest was uh uh, true. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, no, Justin Lang, very suitable for the pick. And uh, one thing that's going to be ch- tough is uh, the Padres taking two high schoolers, here, actually three high schoolers with their first three picks and also their fifth round pick. Also, they got a really good sophomore in the third. So finding the money to sign all these guys is going to be very interesting. Stop to a quick halt there, guys. Like, you get what I did there? I'm making, like, a little bit of a a sound of a car when it's, you know, screeching or whatever. I don't know. I watch a lot of Fast and Furious movies. And I don't, despite my love for Fast and Furious, I know nothing, 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 nothing. And also nothing about cars. But rockauto.com, let me tell you, as someone who doesn't know much, they really seem like they're there for you. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Click to see all the parts for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same damn parts, man? It doesn't make any sense. So, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box to know that we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Also, guys, I wanted to quickly talk to you about the OG homies. You know, you know what I'm going to say here. It's right. It is Built Bar. That's right. The best tasting candy bar that's a protein bar ever. Real talk. And, you know, I really, what I love about this is, you know, the more and more that I miss these things and I want to consume them every second of every day. Well, I mean, let's be honest, maybe not every second of every day, but every now and then when I'm just in the mood for a candy bar or a protein bar, Built Bar is what comes to mind. And the reason why is because above all other things, we know it's healthy for you. We know they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. But also, I really want to just nail this down. I love how many flavors there are. There's 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors and 8 chocolate nut free flavors. There's 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 uh, mango, there's, or maybe not mango, but there's the orange, there's the coconut, there's the brownie fudge, there's the cherry, the, the there's literally everything. I couldn't believe the selection that they had. It was super awesome. So guys, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get $10 off your first order. Remember, that is promo code locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Get to it. Um, like you mentioned this earlier. Like They've done a pretty damn good job at kind of developing people over the last few years. I mean, their, their farm system is one of the best in the league. And I just think that it's, it's really interesting kind of uh, – I saw that the Robert Hassel, just to go back to him for a second, I saw that that was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, um, like the lowest that a high school player has actually gotten in the draft in quite a long time. Is that true? Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about it until well after it happened. But I, I remember someone saying it. I don't have that information directly in front of me, but it was the lowest a high schooler had gone, I think, in any draft. I'd have to look back and figure that out. But definitely uh, – yeah, the eighth pick. I mean, it's surprising that, you know, you're only talking about seven picks ahead. But, yeah, it was surprising yeah. that this was kind of a an interesting class for the high schoolers because the top-end talent when it came to the high school players was, yeah, there's going to be some first-rounders. and But also with only five rounds, a lot of teams were being conservative with their draft picks, especially early. And I think when you look at the high school crowd, it wasn't as – top heavy as it usually is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's interesting though like i i every it's like the the way they said that though there hasn't been a high schooler pick it's almost like this level of shock in that stat the 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 kershaw i think was one of the last people that i saw was one of the people take from high school so that's that's good history i guess to repeat um you know it reminds me kind of like it's almost like the equivalent of, of if you don't take a quarterback in, in the NFL, like if a quarterback falls really far, that's always crazy. That's usually a sign that it's a bad quarterback class. And that hasn't happened in a while. Um, what are some, so there are some other picks that were made that I want to talk to you about uh, 45th overall pick. They took Owen Casey, another outfielder. Is there anything kind of cool to know about him? Is there any fun? I don't know. Stories about him. I don't know. I'm always interested in fun type of stories with these guys. Do you think that this is a, a little bit of a sleeper pick or what have you? You know, I'm being totally honest. Owen Casey was just not a guy on my radar and it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the talent. There's talent and his name had popped up on, you know, I heard the name. I knew a little bit about him, but he just wasn't a guy that I was tapped into heavily. Uh, May have to do the fact that he's from Canada. Um, And, you know, I I lived in Canada for a while, so I already love Canadians and uh, (laughs) big Canadian outfielder, but just a big bodied kid. You know, he's six, four, uh, pretty well filled out physically, has a little bit more. Uh, sounds like power potential is kind of going to be the calling tool there. Does sound like he's going to be a corner outfielder in the long run. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, I, if I'm being totally honest with you, Owen Casey was just not one of those guys that 
fell on my radar and I should have known more about him uh, going into the draft, but he was just one of those guys that was, uh, he was in my notebook. I, it wasn't one of those guys that popped off the top of my mind. I had to go to the notebook to really kind of dig into him, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a power profile in a corner outfield position uh, if he can get into it. But I think it's another one of those projectable lefty high school outfielders that you just, you're waiting to see what really happens in the long run. It may be a long development path for him, but you know, those are the kind of guys that you take in the second round. So I saw no problem with it. Awesome. Awesome. So now that's the 45th pick. Now we, before we actually started recording and we started talking and I saw this too, and I've, I've said this like a million times already, but I really do not know anything about the MLB draft, but I always get excited if I start hearing people freak out about uh, good picks when they're outside the like top few rounds. And one of those is Mr. Cole Wilhock. Will wow, Wilcox. <laughs> Almost messed up there. Um <laughs> I I saw some people on Twitter like being like, wow, this guy's got some nasty stuff. Is this like some ultimate sleeper that's been going on here? Is this really like one of those guys that fell? And if he did fall in the draft, why is that? You know, it, yeah, uh he fell and it's he's a draft eligible sophomore, so he has a chance to go back to school for his junior year and not really see his draft status fall. Um, this was a guy that has premier stuff, and he had premier stuff in high school. There were a lot of teams that saw him as a first-rounder in high school. There were a lot of teams that saw him as a first-rounder this year. And with a full season, this is a guy that we could have been talking about as a top-ten pick. Strike th- it, the arsenal. No one's going to argue that he has great stuff. He throws absolute flames with his fastball. Um, his secondary offerings are really good. I mean, I love his uh, his slider. is one of my favorite pitches in the draft. And you probably <laughs> – the one thing that you're going to hear is, oh, one of my favorite pitches. Eventually, you're going to fall on a favorite pitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> but definitely one of my favorite guys in the draft. Um, definitely could have been a top 10 pick with a full season. The biggest problem with him is just it, it's a violent delivery, and he doesn't throw enough strikes just yet. But this is a guy with enough upside to have been a potential top 10, top 15 pick. I mean, every mock that I had throughout the entire course of the spring – I had him going at 22, every single pick, all the way up to my final mock. Um, At the end of the first round, it did sound like Cole Wilcox was set on going back to Georgia just because he wasn't picked. I don't know what the demand bonus, uh, the bonus demand is going to be. It does sound like it's upwards of $3 million, which may have taken teams off of him a little bit. But if the Padres found money to sign Cole Wilcox in the third round, dear God, I mean, they got three first rounders. And Mm -hmm. that is not a regular theme, um, especially when those three first rounders don't come in the first two rounds. Mm -hmm. So basically what you're getting at or what what it seems like you're getting at is this is there's some potential here. And there's some some yeah, really <laughs> really interesting uh, kind of stuff here. Now now that's the weird thing about the draft though is I've always been just as someone who uh, is again doesn't pay attention to it much is always like yeah you get those stories where they just kind of draft people to potentially have them in the system and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, so with this five round draft, it seems that most teams took players assuming they could sign them or they've already had some form of an agreement that they could sign them. Um, see, I think Cole Wilcox is the biggest question throughout the draft when it comes to signability because he was a first round talent taken in the third round. And you're going to have to, you know, AJ Preller is going to have to find money to maneuver a lot of things to get him to sign and become a Padre. But I'll tell you, you know, these things, you don't see this very often. This is the kind of guy that if we had a 40 round draft, 
that mm-hmm. a team would take one of the, you know, one of the high schoolers that's going to school, they'll take them in the 35th round just to have the conversation and have, say, hey, you know, this is what our organization is about. We'd love to chat with you in three years, um, these kind of things. This happened in the third round, except for it's not we're going to see you in three years. We might see you next year, and we're hoping mm-hmm. that we see you this year because we might have the funds to do it. So this is the biggest question in the draft is will the Padres be able to sign Cole Wilcox? But outside, if, if they can, the rich get richer. The Padres farm system is stacked, and this would just add yeah. on to that. Yeah, and I like the idea of having two type of flamethrowers, one with Mackenzie Gore, who's probably assuming if we get a season, was expected to probably debut in the majors at some point soon. Um, so, yeah, very exciting stuff. And cut! Yes, that's right, guys. I know it was a little bit of abrupt of an ending right there with the way my voice was trailing off. Clearly, the the flow was getting into some cool other things, but we're going to stop it right there. And you're, you're going to hear part two of my conversation with Taylor later in the week. It's going to be super fun. Uh, we kind of talk about like the MLB draft from a other storyline perspective and other things that might affect the Padres, aside from just the obvious things like their first you know, couple picks. And then we talk about the MLB drafts in super general because it's super fun to learn about things, in the case of myself, about things that you don't really know too much about. I really don't know much about the MLB draft, guys. I know I said that a lot of times on the podcast, but I'm saying it again because I feel like it. (laughs) Anyways, guys, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And yeah. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And if you guys would do me a favor and go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball by the homie Scott Cullen. He's been killing it, doing all sorts of different you know stat breakdowns. Who knows if we're getting a season, but you know what? When I just want some good old numbers and help on my fantasy team, maybe hey, maybe you're just you're excited to do a fantasy draft with your friends and even if there is no season i know i'm convinced that i might be doing that soon i just want to do that and then we debate which team is the best you know afterwards that might be something i want to do but anyways uh check that out guys it's really awesome and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my friar faithful homies take care